The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. What is going on, y'all? We are back. Another edition of No Bets Bar, this time for UFC 291. Dustin Poirier taking on Justin Gaethje. It's the battle of the Ustins for the BMF belt. We're back in Salt Lake City. Should be fun. Should be ridiculous. We're at elevation. Banger card. I mean, sick matchups. Absolutely cannot wait. Jed, how we feeling, brother? How we feeling going into this one? Look at this, the month of July just giving us banger after banger after banger. I mean, banger after banger. After banger. Uh, Holly Holmeyer, Brian Silver Card. Yeah, banger. After banger after banger. I'm sorry, uh, uncrowned title fight, banger. Just four bangers right down the middle, and we're capping it off with this one, which is, I'm not ashamed to say it, my most anticipated fight. I think there's one fight that you could possibly book that I might be more interested in than this, but Poirier Gaethje too. This is about as in, as interested in a fight as I could possibly be. So, I'm stoked. It's hard not to be excited for, man. I mean, these are two guys that throughout their entire career, there has been zero evidence to suggest that this fight is not going to be absolutely electric. Like, I feel yeah. like the only way it isn't is if there's an, a super early knockout. And even then, that'd be pretty crazy. It'd be super crazy. I don't even think it's pot, like really all that probable. I mean, anytime you're going to get a rematch of the fight of the year, you got to be hyped. Like, it, one, that just happens so very rarely in this game in general. And two, it's the reason they were a fight of the year at one point in time. Like, these guys match up in that way. Sure, it's been a while. They've changed a lot. We'll get into that. But also, I mean, also, a rematch of the fight of the year with two guys that constantly put on fights of the night and i'm pretty sure gaethje has been in another fight of the year wow excuse me another fight of the year since this uh so it's it's not like they just had like a one moment where it was like man that was such a banger and then they have put on a couple boring performances since like these dudes were in the fight of the year and then since they've had incredible fights almost every time they enter the octagon yeah, so just absolutely insane. Uh, Gaethje is actually one of two men to have three fight of the years, the other wow. being Robert Glenn Lawler. 
he had one fight of the year before this, but before this fight, the first fight with Poirier, uh, his fight with Michael Johnson in 2017, the year before the Poirier was fight of the year. Uh, and then obviously the Poirier one was fight of the year. And then um, the Michael Chandler fight for our, for our good, good sir here ends up being fight of the year as well. So this dude, not many people get down like Justin Gaethje. And Dustin Poirier get, is no slouch. I was going to say, not many regard. people get down like Dustin Poirier tied for most fight of the nights in UFC history, tied with Nate Diaz, Frankie Edgar, Edson Barboza, all with eight. Oh, he's, about to, Bar- he's about to take the lead. Edson Barboza kind of sneaking in there with eight. Edson Barboza is I, not sneaking for me. Eddie, Eddie I mean, Barbs I do, is always. I, is I love always watching him fight, but like to to have as many as Nate Diaz, Frankie Edgar, and Dustin Poirier is uh, that's impressive. Um, so yes, cannot wait for this card. Quick little little look back at UFC London. Our boy Tommy, I mean, he's back. That, that's about all I can say. He's back, baby. Yeah, that was um, that was quick, quick and efficient. <laughs> yeah. Quick and yeah. brutally efficient. I was at a I was at a wedding and I was kind of laying out the game plan of like my bets of what I needed and essentially a, a Tom Aspinall first round finish was just glory for me and when it happened I I was I was Nailed real it. hype I was happy I was at an open bar when it happened. Oh yeah, just just kick one back and celebrate the good times. Celebrate the good times, baby. Uh, I actually had a great week. Finished up five units, feeling good, wow. heading into two ninety one. Three straight winning weeks. Knock on wood. That's me knocking on wood. We can keep it going for 291. I love that. Uh, I finished up very slightly because I did end up taking, uh, deciding to believe in in our boy Paul Craig. Belief that Let's paid go. off. Let's go. And uh, just two two important things. One, one and one on heavyweight overs. But Let's the go. one was a was a was dog money. So we ended up 0.05 units on heavyweight overs. They continue to ride though this week bit sketchy we'll get into that later and then the most important thing connor uh i I broke it man i just i broke it chat gpt cannot be defeated another chat gpt success nine and three overall plus four and a half units of of equity here just i think think the combination of it was larone murphy correct that is accurate i think it was the combination of it was his birthday he was in front of his home crowd and ChatGPT told us like why we didn't unload the clip. I mean, he was like minus one thirty. Like man, we re- like he looked and he, he looked, looked fantastic. Looked so much more than a minus. Oh my god, there. he looked like a minus three fifty, dude. Yeah. He looked he looked absolutely fantastic. Great performance by him. I have to say, our Penny Kianzed by decision bet was. Uh, I'm not even going to say it was like <laughs> misguided is a is a great term for it. I'm not even going to say it was that like bad of a time because it took five minutes and five seconds for me to realize it wasn't going to hit because she got controlled the complete first round. And then we came out round two taken down immediately. And I was like, this ain't hitting. This is not hitting. Yeah, that's it. Um, I've like, I honestly didn't feel bad about any of my misses last week. Like, I think there is a very good argument. I wouldn't say robbery, but a very good argument that David Grant beat Daniel Marcos. Close uh, fight, very close fight. Yeah, very close fight. So ended up, you know, missing on that one. And the rest of it's just, oh, okay. Like, yeah, sure, it happens. Um, Joel hey. Alvarez probably shouldn't have beaten Mark Dikeese. That, that probably uh, yeah, should the, have been a no contest. So They had glass, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
you get it coming and going both ways. Just, just how it goes. Variance is a thing in this sport. I also cashed on Joel Alvarez. I am sure the gambling gods will take that back away from me in in due time. I I have no doubt. This game always finds a way to even itself out. Penny I'm giving Townsend him a lot this. of chances this weekend, buddy, to take oh, things back from me. <laughs> I got a, I got a feeling. I'm on a decent amount of violence bets, a decent amount of unders. I see a wildly frustrating back-and-forth affair that it feels like it's going to get finished 19 different times but goes to the scorecards in my future. I, I got a good feeling that's going to happen to me this weekend. I mean, that sounds electric. It's going to be fun. Yeah, there's no... The two best bets in the world are... Uh, an over that you're not sweating at all, that it's just cruising, and then a finish comes out of nowhere, like a, just a flash KO comes out of nowhere, and you're a loser by like 30 seconds short. Uh, and then the other side of that, when you're on an under and there's so many opportunities to finish the fight, it looks like it's going to get finished, and then it does You've got Joe Rogan screaming, that's it! It's super tight. Uh, and as soon dude, as he says it, you're like, Joe. I, I don't think anything triggers me more than when I'm on an under and Cormier's like, oh, that's tight. He's got this one locked up. And like you can clearly see it's not. You're like, no, he's about to pull his head out right now. Like it, like a nice guillotine attempt that turns into four and a half minutes of control time. Uh, uh, there's nothing worse that <laughs> triggers me more than just like, oh, he's got that tight. Like, this could be the end. And it's like, no, nah, it's not even close. Yeah. Uh, well, hopefully that won't be happening uh, to you this weekend. Let's hold not. Let's hold not. Let's keep the good vibes rolling. Let's finish off July on a high note and let's dive right in. UFC 291. We start with the main event. I've said it many times in the lead up to this, but it has to be said again. Hundreds, at least dozens, have held gold. They've had gold wrapped around their waist. Only one has had silver. This weekend, that becomes two. The BMF title on the line in Salt Lake City, Utah. Dustin Poirier taking on Justin Gaethje. Five rounds, if we need it. If we need it. I think these boys are going to come in here and get to work. Yesterday, I saw you tweeted, your job was to watch back old Poirier and Gaethje films. Tell me what you learned. What, What do we got here? Where are we going with this fight? I want to just start by saying my job kicks ass. Um, when I got paid. It's not a bad work day. So From home str- too? Very strong work day, just sitting at home. From home? Yep, yes. sitting at home. That doesn't, that that's hard to beat. That's sitting hard to home, beat. Just being like, all right, fight pass. Let's queue up some, some DP, some some Gaethje. Let's, let's just, you know, settle in and enjoy. If I wasn't working, could have cracked a beer, would have been the best. That's a, so, little, that's a little thing we call gratitude. Yeah. Not enough people practicing it out there. We're just practicing a little gratitude on old NBB right now. Love it. Thank you, MMAfighting.com, your great website. This fight, Connor, I don't think we can understate how electric this fight is going to be. I am so excited. And I'm going to tag us back into UFC London for just a moment because I had had an epiphany in UFC London while I watched Tommy Aspinall just absolutely run through Marcin Tabura. And something struck me, and it's so simple – and I'm sure that other smarter betters than me have thought of something similar, but took me this long in it. And I was like, that's it. That's that's the code. That's what I'm that's gonna be my guiding light moving forward. And so before we get into a big breakdown of this fight, I'm gonna try something new this week, and it's gonna be pretty simple. 
even like I don't have it written out, but I sort of reflexively or, or intuitively have fighters in tiers of quality. Like, okay, these guys are about the same. This guy's way better. Like, here it is. And I didn't at all in my head, like, if you had asked me in London, I'm like, yeah, Tom Aspinall is very clearly in a different tier of fighter than Marcin Tybura. And then when they fought, I was like, oh, yeah, that's what happens when two guys in different tiers compete. One dude just blows the doors off the other one. And so as I kind of sat there and pieced myself with it, I was like, well, Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje, could it be in more similar tiers of fighting? They, they are, I mean, if you look at their careers lately, they've been fighting a lot of the same dudes with very similar results. You know, they both fell short to Charles Oliveira, both beat Michael Chandler. They're two sides of the same coin. They are they are tied here together, and <clears throat> maybe one's a little bit better than the other. Like we're going to find that out, I guess, this weekend. But mostly, I think that this is just two guys who are dead even all the way through. And so, if that's going to be the case, I'm going to take the value. So I am going to be betting on Justin Gaethje uh, for for the main event. There are a number of sort of reasons factored into it beyond that, and we can dive into this. But I just want to start there of. I think these guys are just really competitive. And on one of them, the price is minus 150. The other, the price is plus 130. Just take the free, take take the value instead of taking the hope you spike it play. So before we jump into the breakdown, where are you at here, Connor? All right. So first things first, I, I never want to condone, you know, forcing bets or, or really just betting in general, as I say this on a betting podcast. But if you were ever going to bet on a fight, just to, just to pick one side of it, just to have a little fun, this would be a good one to do it. And I absolutely love that you're taking Justin Gaethje because I can't I can't rip on anyone taking either side of this because of what yeah. you said. This is a dead even fight. Honestly, you probably should just sit back and watch it and not have a bet on it. But it's the BMF title. I needed a dog in the race. And I'm back in uh, I'm back in Dustin Poirier. And I love that oh. you're on Gaethje. Listen, I love this because it feels like it feels like I'm Ash Ketchum and I took the Bulbasaur. Uh, and you took the gonna Squirtle. Help you, gonna or help you, you in those early gyms, that Bulbasaur. That's what I'm saying. You took your Gary, and you took the Charmander to to go against my my Bulbasaur. This is fantastic. I love that we're at odds here because I literally have in the notes. I'm like, I cannot take this bet with insane confidence. I took Poirier at minus one thirty, and it's just a simple one point three unit bet to win one unit. Not not a ton, just enough to to have a dog in this race. And my biggest reasoning was A, I like Dustin Poirier. B, I really like reason. Honestly, (laughs) I don't think we give enough credit. That is the best reason to bet on anybody. It's not, I think they're going to win or this is a sound investment. I like the dude. That's how you should be betting. I like Dustin Poirier. Honestly, because when you don't back your guys and then they win, you feel like a fool. You feel like a fraud. It's like, it's like the worst thing ever. Like, not in UFC, but Novak Djokovic is my guy. I didn't bet on him in the French Open. I bet against him, who he beat in the semis, Carlos Alcaraz. And I was like, I'm such an idiot. Like, I am such a loser, dude. Uh, and it just wasn't a fun affair. Love Poirier's hot sauce. I've been keeping this thing on me like a strap all week. I mean, I just pulled it right out of my backpack. I've been Anything I've been eating, the Poirier's hot sauce. KO edition could, could be meaning something here. Uh, has been going on all my food. Uh, yeah, I kind of like the guy. And, and another thing, I think this is going to be a war. Their last fight was a war. And in a war, really, like, other than Justin Gaethje, who would I want in a war more? 
maybe Dustin Poirier. I mean, the dude gets into wars, and a lot of the times, he's winning these wars. I mean, if you look back on his career, uh, Dan Hooker fight, absolute war, gets the dub. The Max Holloway fight, absolute war, gets the dub. I mean, just recently, the Chandler fight, war. Only three rounds, but a war gets the dub. Uh, so if these guys are going to go to war, I'm going to back the guy that I that I like. I mean, I love the the Louisiana. He's a, He's got a little bit of that Southern charm that we've got. I love the... Uh, I want to say this as nice as possible. I love the outfits. Like I love the wardrobe of Dustin Poirier. It's the the Poirier drip. It's very specific to him, but he pulls it off because he's Dustin Poirier. Uh, so yeah, this is going to be a fun fight. I love that we're at odds, and I can't wait for it. If you want to get into a technical breakdown, let's do it. I love the word odds because it lets us both make the case here. I get to I get to come here and I get to say here's why my outside of just like the I think this is even take the underdog. Here's, here's if I'm selling this fight, what why I'm picking Justin Gaethje. Because it's pretty simple, right? Uh, I just, just off the rip, because I have had dozens, like literally dozens of people ping me this, and I am not sure. I, I honestly don't know if it's true or not, and frankly, it's not playing a huge factor in my decisions, but a lot of people have been shouting like, man, Poirier just got to Utah, the elevation – uh, Gaethje trains in Denver. Gaethje's been in Utah yeah. for weeks already. And if those like if that's true, then that is like definitely a a bit of a bonus for Gaethje. I mean, he does train at elevation. If he really has been acclimating for the last, you know, two weeks or whatever, that's that's definitely like a very small feather in his cap. But also, Dustin Poirier is a professional mixed martial arts mixed martial artist. But Dustin Poirier has been fighting for fifteen years. This man. Is not his first rodeo at doing something like this. It is not ATT's first rodeo at doing something like this. I don't realistically have any fear or doubt that Poirier is not going to be prepared to to go five rounds at elevation in I mean, an absolute war. What what you're saying is true. He, I, you know, I I do the Instagram the Instagram checks. You know, sometimes you you can learn a little bit about a fighter when you do that. Looking at Dustin Poirier's, he he did get there within the last two weeks. Like he he will only have had two weeks to lead up. He he did get there recently, but the most recent picture he posted was him in the mountains after a five mile run, and he is just in he's shredded, dude. I mean, we're talking eight pack defined. Like this is not we're not having Derek Lewis, Marcos Rogerio de Lima, and Derek Lewis is getting to Utah two days before. Like we're we're not at like this dude is a lightweight in top tier physical shape i get like the 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 concern for it I especially get the impulse after, for people to say it especially after last card but like it definitely i worry that it's going to get overrated in a fight like this yeah i think i think the elevation is a is going to be a factor in some of the other fights and we'll talk about that the main event is one that i i just don't really have a huge belief that that's going to play a major role i could be wrong Oh, could always be wrong. Trust but, me. Listen, I can always yeah. be wrong. But a- ATT has been doing this a long time. Dustin Poirier has been doing this a long time. The fact that they went to Utah not that long ago and it was such a major storyline, I am extremely confident that that this was factored in to to the ATT that they aren't like, oh shit, air's a bit thin up here. This is going <laughs> to be tough. Like, I think they're going to be ready for it. So, but I just have seen. I've had that said to me so much. Wanted to get it out of there. That's yeah. that's that's not really factoring in. Here's my my breakdown in this fight. I think Poirier and the reason Poirier won the first one, Poirier is a much better defensive fighter, right? Like he he doesn't take that many clean shots. He will get hit, but he's really good at rolling off them. 
And in the first fight, Gaethje was a really poor defensive fighter because that had never been his thing. The biggest thing for me is that, that loss to Poirier, that was the fight that changed Justin Gaethje, that made him kind of go go back to the well, reevaluate things. He had lost Eddie Alvarez already, but he came into the Poirier fight and was still the same guy. And following that, that's when we saw the James Vick, the Edson Barbosa, uh, Cerrone, the Ferguson. The Ferguson is the big one because that's Tony Ferguson, arguably at the peak of his powers. And Justin Gaethje just, just batters him around the cage for five rounds, basically. He started putting... He's still not as good a defensive fighter as Poirier, but he is a more responsible defensive fighter. He gets hit less. He mitigates those exchanges in in a substantial way, and he hits so fucking hard that that's really what his game started to come down to is, is controlling those car crashes, as he called it, that violence, instead of just letting it run rampant and seeing what happened. He can still go to the well when he needs to. We saw against Fazeev, he was starting to lose like a classic striking battle and then just sort of was like all right let's put our hearts on it and see see who comes out on top so he still has that in him but i for me that's gonna be the the biggest difference is that he is more defensively responsible this time and that first one was an absolute war but i think that gaethje's now gaethje's newfound ability to protect himself more effectively uh, is going to make him a more dangerous fighter than he even was in the first one, and that that's going to be a big gap for Poirier. The thing I'm a little concerned about is the grappling. Gaethje is not a good grappler off his back. Every time he's gone to the floor, it's been mostly poor. Good defensive wrestler in gen- general, but we've seen Poirier have good good takedowns, kind of pull that out. So I'm interested to see if that plays a role in it. Um, and then... I'm just interested to see how long Dustin Poirier can do this realistically because <laughs> people talk about Justin Gaethje as uh, as having a, a fuse on his career. And I think that's true. Like you, he, he said it himself, you only have so many you can take. Dustin Poirier just, dude has never been knocked down, I think. Maybe he was knocked down like 10 years ago, but you're looking at all his recent fights. Michael Chandler was putting it on him early and then sort of faded and Dustin, Michael, we know Michael Chandler hits real hard. I, it just seems impossible to me that Poirier can get hit because he's he's starting to get hit more, but his chin is still just incredible. And so I have a little bit of concern that at some point that's just going to fall, just, just a fraction. And when it does, that's going to be an issue. So um, that that's kind of my read. I think we are just going to get a Havoc battle, just oh, two yeah. dudes in the middle getting after it. And for me... You say who wouldn't you who would you want to pick over Dustin Poirier in a in just a war? And I think I just want Justin Gaethje in a war. Coming off that Fazeev fight, where I'm super impressed because I'm super impressed <laughs> with who Fazeev is, and Gaethje that's a bad matchup for Gaethje in a lot of respects, and he managed to find ways through it. I think this is a more manageable matchup, and I I like his chances at least. Uh, got that got that first takedown under his belt as well. Yeah, I mean, Dustin Poirier has never been knocked down other than obviously when he got knocked out by McGregor and knocked out by uh, Michael Johnson. So like when when you're talking about a stand-up, bang-out war, he has never been knocked down. Which is absolutely insane when you consider the list of hitters he's fought. You know, Charles Oliveira, hitter. Michael Chandler, hitter. Fought Connor two more times, hitter. <laughs> Like it's just, no. it's Honestly, insane. At the end of the day, like, I think this is just going to be a close competitive fight. And, like, 
it's I don't think anyone's gonna massively separate themselves throughout, but a finish I feel like is much more likely than not. Like I just feel like they're gonna be going after it so hard. I like, agree. I just don't know if Do you if think finish really inside take. of three rounds? Because I think late round, I think championship round finish. I'm yeah. I'm also big on the leg kicks from from Gaethje. Uh, I know Poirier is himself a, a very solid with the calf kicker as, as Connor, you know, made a big deal out of. But you look at their first fight, like Poirier almost exclusively targeted the head while Gaethje was about yeah. 50-50 head to leg. And I think that I just that in a five round fight, that just gonna pay dividends as the fight wears on. Yeah, Dustin Poirier landing 142 head strikes uh in the last fight. So yeah, he was uh he was really going to the head. He actually mixed in the body a decent amount as well. Went to the body 21 times as opposed to Gaethje's. That would be uh, his nine. best. I think that's his best avenue. Gaethje still works the high guard, leaves his body open. Poirier starts ripping the ribs. Interesting note, as much of a war as it was, and you mentioned the grappling and that that could be a route, uh, Dustin Poirier did attempt five takedowns in that fight. Mm-hmm. Got shut down. Oh, and yeah, didn't, the, didn't land any of them. But That's the thing is Gaethje is a good defensive wrestler, but when he ends up on the floor, like if Poirier can, you know, if something happens, they trip and fall over or whatever, uh, it's a huge advantage for Poirier on top. Gaethje yeah, man. doesn't have much to offer there. Yeah, it could, it could be interesting, and, I, and you never know if it does end up going the five rounds. I mean, it, it, that that could be a way that Poirier banks around or something. I don't know. It's, it's going to be incredibly interesting i would be bold-faced lying to you if i had any sort of insane confidence oh, yeah. in this no pick. confidence like it's just like i really i'm just being blunt with you guys i just want a dog in the fight i like poirier it's gonna be sick give me someone to cheer for and let's have some fun let's have some fun if justin gaethje wins like there will be no shock in me at all i mean yeah if if dustin poirier wins it won't flip a coin I'm just taking the plus value on the coin flip. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, that's the main event. Let's keep it rolling on to the co-main event, men's lightweight bout, Jan Blahovich taking on the 205 debuting Alex Pereira. Uh, right now, Blahovich a slight favorite. Very Another very closely lined fight. Um, right now, Jan sitting at minus 125, Pereira plus 105. Um, I looked at this fight for a long time. I'm very excited for this fight. 
Uh, but for me, like just thinking on it, if Jan comes in with a smart game plan, there is a world where he makes this look somewhat easy. Like if he can come out here and implement takedowns, uh, be able to hang in the striking when it is standing. Uh, I think he can make it look somewhat easy. And then on the flip side of the coin, I thought about Pereira for a little bit, but the questions surrounding him, like he got knocked out cold uh, back in April. Like it took him a while to to get back to his feet. Didn't really know where he was. That isn't great. This is his first fight at 205 um, against the guy that is, that is, he's not a skinny 205er. Like he's, Jan is, is full, man. And he does have, the choice to go to the grappling. And I feel like there's a world where he does, but, but I don't know if he's going to. And and just for, with how many question marks I have surrounding this, I'm just, I'm just going to sit back and enjoy it. I'm on Jan Blahovich for this one. So I don't blame you. And I don't blame for you. a lot of the reasons I, I'm a little surprised at the price. I thought Blahovich would be a little bit more favorite. He's just a more proven mixed martial artist. Uh, but it's just a lot of love for, for prayer out there. Uh, seen a lot of people. I know you have as well because you got tagged in many of the same posts, Connor. A lot of people being like, "There's a gimmick, gimmick parlay." Jed Mashu, <laughs> the Pereira parlay Pereira is out parlay there. Ain't bad Pereira parlay. Look, I love it as a gimmick. The problem is, I don't, I, I don't like Pereira's chances here. I mean, look, he always has the opportunity to just go boop and put somebody away. He m- more so than maybe anyone in the history of this sport. He has that sort of death touch that he can just just ice you out of nowhere but i think honestly i think blahovich is one of the more difficult matchups for him uh to start at 205 maybe not the most difficult but it i think he would have a way better chance against like a jamal hill or whatever because blahovich is so well-rounded um one of the big things to me uh, initially when i was thinking about this fight is the kicks uh, Pereira is not like a huge kicker, but it is a really important part of his game as a tempo setter, as a way for him to kind of get into offense and open up the hands. Blahovich is one of the best defenders of kicks in mixed martial arts. I mean, Magomed Ankalaev's game is lo- is heavily reliant on kicks, and that's why he had to go to the takedowns against Blahovich because he couldn't get the rest of his striking to work. I think if this was purely a kickboxing match, Blahovich is obviously disadvantaged. Um, that legendary Polish power is is not the same as Alex Pereira power, frankly. Um, and his chin is probably not as good as Pereira's either. But I think he is going to come in with a smart game plan of the takedowns. And I cannot get Israel Adesanya taking Alex Pereira down and controlling him for three minutes out of my head. I mean, if if Izzy did that, Blahovich can can do that and a lot more. Um Maybe the added muscle, you know, maybe not cutting the weight will help Pereira as a defensive wrestler. He's not an awful one, but I just think Blahovich is good enough to effectuate a wrestling game plan. I think that is going to be his primary focus coming into this. He's not going to be afraid to fight on the feet, which is always a huge part of being a successful wrestler. You have to at least be willing to compete there. Um, and I just think this is going to line up really poorly for him. And and this fight's going to look, frankly, a lot like the Izzy, Izzy Blahovich fight is just going to be Blahovich Pereira. Um, and instead of competing on the feet for a while, he's going to go to takedowns pretty quickly. So I, uh, I like the price at minus 120. Um, and that's where I, I took my shot. I'm also debating um, taking a, a little, you know, like half unit flyer on Blahovich by submission at plus 500. 
like Blahovich is so well rounded. His uh, if you look at his what is it twenty nine career wins, eleven are by decision, nine by KO, nine by submission. Like the man is he he can get it done in any fashion. And I think it's probably more likely that he just rides to a decision against Pereira, but maybe he gets on top for a while. Uh, things get a little dicey. He locks in an arm triangle choke somewhere in there. So legendary Polish arm triangle, choke. legendary Polish arm triangle. It's, it's a, it's a thing. So yeah, dude, I, I don't think any, of I, I think your reasoning is sound. I mean, honestly, I, I watched a little clip from, uh, Blahovich and Bisping talking and he's like, yeah, I want to test my striking against Pereira. And that only makes me believe he's going to go to the grappling. Yeah. Like he just like, I just can't imagine a guy, 40, been around the game, been around the block for a while, man. Has champion. Champion. Has fought a dude coming up from 185 that is an absolute killer before in Adesanya. And what did he do? Hey, I have this grappling advantage. Uh, I'm, I'm going to lean on that uh, to help me win this fight. I just can't imagine Blahovich and his team is going to be like, stand and strike with the with the elite kickboxer for 15 minutes but i don't know i mean what what if we see uh what if we see Pereira stuffing a couple takedowns <laughs> i mean that would be really impressive because he he has not looked like a good defensive wrestler frankly i mean if statistically he's not bad but you go back to like the the Mikolaitis fight his first one in the ufc and granted yes. a little while ago um like you just sort of look at that fight and he he did get taken down a bunch. And then where he he is, the Bruno Silva one, I think, is the most instructive. Because you look at the Bruno Silva fight, and Silva basically got takedowns uh, at will in the first two rounds. Uh, and then the third round, he misses a ton of them because at that point, he's already taken some damage. He is simply afraid of Alex Pereira, and that, that really weakens his game. But against guys who are willing to compete on the feet, it, he hasn't. And that's why Izzy fabled D1 collegiate athlete Israel Adesanya manages to get a takedown and have three minutes of control time. And that's, I just can't, I can't get away from that. That's too much for me with Blahovich, who is a very, very capable fighter. Well, that make a latest fight. I, I was on Pereira. That was his UFC debut. And uh, that first round, I was like, oh, God, what did I get into here? Like, is he really just going to get controlled this entire fight? Obviously, he lands the knee early in round two. Uh, but... Yeah, it was a little bit concerning. That fight, I was, I distinctly remember being like, "Why did we possibly match up this dude with a guy with a BJJ black belt who is exclusively <laughs> going to do this?" And then it turned out actually he's not very good, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but I like, don't think I don't think this is that crazy. Alex Pereira is like plus six fifty to win by decision. Now here's, I don't think that's crazy at all. Here's what I'm saying with this: like Bruno Silva, they go to a decision uh is he he did knock him out but it was in the fifth round like there, like there is a world also it is jan blahovich it's not like he's some chinny dude uh blahovich is tough man tough as nails like there's a world like where if they spend enough time on the feet that Pereira can win a decision oh absolutely i'd like the prize to be a little bit bigger but i would say that that is uh very much in the realm of possibility here you know, Blahovich maybe wins one round on the ground. Pereira is able to stuff enough takedowns, and Blahovich can survive. You know, for for the remaining ten, I think that's very much in play. We shall see. Come Saturday evening, cannot wait for that fight. Uh, Going to be 
hopefully a banger. Hopefully it isn't just too much too much wrestling. Hopefully we we do get to see some some cool stuff happening. We'll roll along on the main card. Let's get let's get this thing moving. Nice thirty minutes on the main come. Now we start flying. Steven Wonderboy Thompson taking on Michelle Pereira right now. You can have Steven Thompson for minus one fifty. Pereira coming back at plus one thirty. Um, your thoughts on this fight? The MMA world just can't seem to quit Stephen Thompson is, is frankly my, my primary thought. Uh, I guess he should be a favorite. I'm, he's certainly a more proven fighter, but like everything we have seen from Stephen Thompson over the past few years, there's a very clear path to victory against this man. You just tackle him. You simply tackle him. Okay. Bilal Muhammad did it like eight times. Yep. Gilbert Burns did it like eight times. Jeff Neal didn't even try to do it, and he lost. Vicente Luque didn't try to do it, and he lost. Kevin Holland didn't do it until he was already getting his ears boxed off in like the fourth and fifth, fourth round or whatever. You just you you stand up and strike with him. You're you're playing into his game. Maybe you can win. We've seen people win striking matches with him, but you got to be really really talented to do it. Uh, even as you know, Wonder Boy is 40, I think. Um, you know, he's Wonder Man now by any definition. Michelle Pereira is exactly the sort of uh, fighter who might be dumb and just choose to go Capoeira <laughs> versus karate. Like, that is that is within the range of outcomes here, certainly. And if that's the case, Stephen Thompson is probably going to win because his karate is better than Pereira's Capoeira. Cap- uh, Pereira is going to... If he's striking, do a bunch of weird stuff, which I am charmed by, but is probably not super effective, particularly against an opponent who is going to be setting a very long range. But all he has to do is take him down. Michelle Pereira has proven to be a a capable wrestler. He's not the best one you've ever seen, but he can absolutely do it. That's all he has to do. I already put the bet in, and so I'm just living with it. And I bet Michelle Pereira at plus 150 and then as I started, I love that. I got to say, I'm I'm happy to hear you say that this is a, a, a wolf pack because I need you to talk okay. me off the ledge. Because right. I got to say, Pereira okay. at elevation, concerning. Yep. yep. If, if you're going to be concerned about a, a fight in, in terms of elevation, there's a few on this card. This is probably one of them, yes. Uh, Michelle Pereira, as the fight goes on. Starts, you know, feels like he's not as fresh as as when the first bell goes off. Well, it's because all he does is do jumping, yeah. flying, spinning hook kicks, and uses all his gas. Yeah, someone I think it's Mike's MMA picks on Twitter posted a, a great video of him just jumping, flying knees back in the locker room for like forty five seconds straight. It's just like let's reserve that gas tank till we get there, bud. Uh, feels like. Hopefully, you know, from the embedded, hopefully he's he's getting ready. Hopefully he's aware of the concerns. But here's something I want to throw out to you. Here's something I want to throw out to you. Michel Pereira is 5-0 and in his last five fights. Five-fight winning streak for the guy. Average fight time? 14 minutes and 56 seconds. Four of those going to a decision. He can fight for 15 minutes, and he can win in 15-minute fights. Mm-hmm. Here's another thing I want to throw out to you. I also, so we're clear, I also have a half unit wager on Pereira by decision at plus 275. You're kidding me! You're reading my mind over here! You're reading my <laughs> mind over here, kid! 
I took Michelle Pereira by decision at plus 300. I felt like that is just crazy to where the line is at now. And four, four the, decisions in a row. The over, dude, his his most likely win condition is decision, in my opinion. He has 11 wins by decision throughout his career, his his most common uh, form of victory. And dude, Steven, Steven Thompson does not really get finished. Finished one time in his career. Like, he is tough. And I know the grappling, like, that is where he struggles. But it's not like he's a complete fish out of water and he just gets subbed the second he gets taken down. Like, he he can survive. And he has survived on the ground on numerous occasions. The the thing I wanted to throw out to you, this is, this. I don't know if he if he dug and found this stat himself or, or if he just is passing it along. This is courtesy of Knockout Bets. On Twitter, want to want to make sure I shout out who's throwing the stats out. In 2023, when a fighter is 10 years younger than his opponent, 17 and two. I didn't know it was that. I uh, I don't have the stat in front of me, but I remember um, seeing this somewhere a while ago. That like, yeah, historically, if you are 10 years younger than your opponent, you it's like 80 percent or something insane. Let me take it a step further. 10 years younger. And your opponent is 35 plus, 13 and 1. 10 years younger, and your opponent is 40 or older. Steven Thompson, 40, Michelle Pereira, 29. 6 and 0 so far in 2023. Listen, I'm a, I'm a numbers we are, guy. We are a scientific podcast. We are, we are a scientific podcast. That's what we believe in on this platform. You run the numbers, the numbers are there. The OVs, we all know that. That's been struggling of late. I'm just saying, listen, I thought the line was off. I thought the decision line was off. I'm not going crazy. I'm like 1.1 units of exposure on Michelle Pereira. But I think this is going to be a very close competitive fight. I know Wonderboy looked fantastic against Kevin Holland, one of one of his best performances he's had in a long time. But I think this is going to be a close competitive fight. I'm going to trust... <laughs> And I just have to laugh. <laughs> I'm going to trust Michelle Pereira. I'm going to trust Michelle Pereira to go for the grappling at least once in this fight. Uh, the good thing about this bet, as I was trying to talk myself into it after I already put it in. I absolutely is, cannot believe that we are not only both on Michelle Pereira, but we also sprinkled on the decision as well. Yeah, because Pereira, here's the thing. I I almost didn't bet Pereira and just bet decision because I don't think, because he's like you said, Wonder Boy's been finished once. I was at that fight. It was insane because he was boxing Anthony Pettis' ears off until Pettis launched off the cage and iced him. It was nuts. Uh, he, the man doesn't really get finished, and he's really, really, really not going to get finished by Pereira doing like a flying knee because Thompson stands so far away that any flying knee is going to be the most telegraphed motion in the history of combat. And so if Pereira comes out and is trying to do weird capoeira stuff, I'm immediately going to feel bad. But oh, there's a dude. There's a just world tackles world. him. Just tackle him. Listen, Bilal man. Muhammad. Look, we think of Bilal Muhammad and Gilbert Burns as like good grapplers. Statistically, they're pretty average wrestlers. They both are 35 percent on their uh, takedown success rate. Michelle Pajeda is is something extremely similar. Hold on, I'll pull it up right now. I'm sorry. Michelle Pettit is 55% on his takedown success rate. Like, it's... Steven Thompson used to be a good defensive wrestler. I think as he's gotten older, that part of his game has just fallen off some. 
because he's a little slower. His reactions are maybe a little diminished, and that's tough. All you got to do is tackle this man, Michelle. It's all we need. It's all we need, man. I mean, listen, you got a takedown in the Andre Fialo fight. You got three takedowns in the Nico Price fight. If you if you're going to takedowns against Nico Price, I gotta think that you might be like, I should also go to takedowns against a much more dangerous Stephen Thompson than there's, against. There's Nico. such a massive body of work for Stephen Thompson, and it's just like, if you want to lose to Stephen Thompson, stand and strike with him for 15 minutes. Yeah. Play, uh, enjoy a, a long range striking battle. Stay on as far outside as possible and just trade hands and see how that goes for you. And, like, the guys that do it against him, like, they get so thoroughly outstruck. Like, when he wins, when he gets these 15-minute striking affairs, Stephen Thompson, 171 significant strikes. Jeff Neal, 85. Stephen Thompson, 138 significant strikes. Vicente Luque, 77. Stephen Thompson, 70. Jorge Masvidal, 42. Like, Stephen Thompson, 110. Roy McDonald, 61. Like when he gets what he wants, these 15 minute decisions striking, he does what he wants. Like that's where he has his his most success. Michelle, I feel like after one round, we're gonna know whether we're gonna whether we're gonna win this oh, yeah. or not. A thousand percent. I can't wait. I can't it's, wait. It's going to be hilarious. We know what we're getting into. This is the sweatiest into. thing I have the whole night, I think. If this you, is the thing I'm the sweatiest about. If you tail this bet, know what you're getting into. Yeah. Know what you're getting into. Yeah. Um, and that's it. That's all I got to say on this fight. We can move I'm, on to maybe I'm something sad. We'll I'm see. ecstatic that you said that because, uh, yeah, because it it feels like everywhere I look, uh, people are like, Wonder Boy's gonna Wonder Boy and Michelle's gonna gas and he has no fight IQ and except all the people who are out there calling for the Pereira parlay, buddy. <laughs> a Pereira, listen, a, a Michelle Pereira by decision parlayed with Alex Pereira by decision. It's gotta be an okay. Let's figure number. out what that number is. That's gotta I'm, be like I know an that that's going number. against some bets that I have, but I might actually just still do that. I just, mean, just just for the laughs. Hold on, I'm like, pulling it together right now, and we will uh, find because. On DraftKings Sportsbook right now. <laughs> that parlayed up on DraftKings is plus 2712. I mean that big the number. Ho- the hilarity that would ensue. I'm gonna I'm gonna cash. put I'm gonna put a dollar on that parlay. <laughs> to win twenty seven, not bad. Not bad. Put pay, a dollar. Pay for a lunch with that. Pay for a yeah. lunch with that. Uh yeah, let's keep it rolling. You said potentially something sad, lightweight bout. Tony Ferguson taking on Bobby Green. Uh, right now, Bobby Green minus four ten. Stephen Thompson come or uh, not Stephen Thompson. Tony Ferguson coming back plus uh, three ten himself. Um, yeah, is Tony washed? Oh yeah, Tony's washed. Um, he's. I, I've been thinking Tony Ferguson was washed for a while, um, and that's. It's really the primary focus for me on on the bet I'm going to make on this thing is um, Tony. Look, one, fighting Justin Gaethje just changes your career. A lot of people fought Justin Gaethje haven't been the same since. And, you know, the thing about Tony Ferguson is still incredibly durable. I mean, it took Nate Diaz till the fourth round to beat him. Uh, Michael Chandler had to punt him in one of the most vicious strikes of the Oof. year to, to get him out of there. But other than that, uh, this dude is still extremely durable. And I will say that this is another fight where I'm giving at least a little bit of a factor to the elevation because Tony Ferguson 
historically great cardio. This man can go for days. Bobby Green is not a a bad fighter in that regard, but like if there's a window for Tony Ferguson to win, it's just putting on a high pace and hoping that Bobby Green breaks down under the elevation. I just don't think that that's going to be the case, though, man. Ferguson lost five in a row, and I didn't do a super deep dive because I didn't want to. Um, I can only think of one fighter off the top of my head who lost five in a row and then rebounded to later score meaningful wins in their career. You'll have fighters lose five in a row, get a win, and then lose a bunch more, retire, something like that. But the only one I can think of off the top of my head is Andre Arlovsky, who lost five in a row and has since, you know, picked up meaningful wins at heavyweight after that. It is, once it's gone, it's gone. Bobby Green in the top 15 lightweight, but he is a top 25 lightweight. Like He's something in that neighborhood of a lightweight. And that's just not who Tony Ferguson is anymore. Um, for me, the bet, though, the the I mean, that price is pretty baked in. And so for me, the bet is Bobby Green by decision at plus 120. Again, Tony Ferguson still super durable. Uh, 10 of or uh, of Green's 10 UFC wins, 7 have come by the scorecards. Uh, I think this fight will be pretty fun because Ferguson's so durable. But I I just think he's going to gonna sort of get outboxed on the feet not be able to implement his wrestling all that well. And he's just, he's just a little slower, a little older. The stuff I saw on embedded has me even more concerned because he has all the sign. He to me looks exactly like late career BJ Penn. When every time you'd see BJ be like, I'm back, I'm feeling better than ever. And it's just like, you look older in the face and you, the years have caught up to him. I, I think he's totally washed and I'm on Bobby Green by decision. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I mean, he he's he's getting ready to turn 40 in a few months, five straight losses. I mean, the way he tapped out to Nate Diaz, like the the insta tap, I just I don't know, man. This is this is a game that that isn't necessarily kind to uh to the aging fighter. And Bobby Green, yeah, like you said, he's maybe he's not a top 15 lightweight, but like he he can come out here and in a lot of his fights, he he weaponizes his volume. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he's just putting it on uh, Tony Ferguson. And and like I mean, I know he got knocked out in the Drew Dober fight. I don't really see that happening here. But like he was, he I mean he was just like putting it on Drew Dober. Like I yeah, had a Drew he Dober was dunking on Dober. Yeah, like he was looking fantastic until he wasn't. Uh, the Jared Gordon thing was weird. Islam, we knew what he was getting into. He was coming in on after fighting two weeks prior against the lightweight champion like we we knew what he was getting into like i could see this being like the nazrop fight where where he like thoroughly outstrikes tony wins 30 27 and and that's kind of that but uh yeah, that's yeah, all i think it's gonna happen i'm on bobby green i've been on bobby green for like a month and a half i'm not gonna lie piece? no i took him at minus 210 oh wow yeah. that, that number has moved like I said, I took him like a month and a half ago on DraftKings. Like as soon as the fight got announced, uh, obviously that doesn't do much for for people here. But I do think he's a solid parlay piece, and I, I like your decision that you're getting that at plus money uh, for a guy that wins mostly by decision. And Ferguson That's is durable. Like he wins mostly by decision. He's minus four ten, but his by decision prop is plus one twenty. That's just a huge delta between those two numbers. Yeah, I think I think that's the uh, the smart bet there. Uh, but yeah, gonna be interesting. Don't don't really like love it. I mean, if Ferguson wins, that'll be that'll be a great cool. moment. If he wins, retire, Tony. Like retire. And I don't think he will. 
I don't think he'll retire if he wins, but that would be a nice send-off. No, if he wins, uh, Tony Ferguson, Jim Miller, UFC 300. Okay, all right. And then they both retire together. Sure. I don't know if Jim Miller will ever, ever retire. He might After he does 300, he might be like, I can make four. I can make four. <laughs> so... <laughs> But I would, if Tony can win this, then Jim Miller, Tony Ferguson, UFC 300, that's, that will be my new campaign. Uh, all right, let's keep it rolling. Welterweight bout, Michael Chiesa taking on Kevin Holland. Right now, you can have Kevin Holland for minus 145, Chiesa plus 125. Thought about Holland. I mean, I thought about Chiesa. Like, there is a path to victory here. Like, he, he is, you can trust this man is going to go for takedowns. And Kevin Holland hasn't had the best time with takedowns, but, coming off a 20-month layoff. I don't really know where he's at in his career. Uh, and, like, he does have a, a capability to, to put himself in bad spots on the ground and, and get subbed. And, and Kevin Holland is a, is a decent, decent grappler, man. Like, he's got some submission wins on his record. I don't know. I just I, – I never got around to it. I, I did take the under two and a half. Um, feel like there's multiple paths to get there. I, I know Kiesa is pretty durable, but I, I think Kevin Holland has the potential to knock him out. And I do think if he goes to the ground, I think either dude is live for a sub. I think it's going to be a fun fight, and I think someone's going to end up getting finished. I'm taking Kiesa uh, for a lot of the reasons you sort of t- touched on there. Um, the big concern for me is the two-year layoff. Obviously, he hasn't won in much longer than that, but Kiesa has, frankly, looked really good at welterweight once he made the move on up. And... Similar to the Stephen Thompson fight, like this is there is a path to victory against oh, Kevin yeah. Holland. It is a a well established everyone knows it. Um, Kevin Holland is a a below average defensive wrestler. Michael Chiesa is a very very sneaky quality uh, grappler. I think I don't feel like people ever talk enough about it because it's one of the most amazing like statistical anomalies to me. This man submitted Benil Dariush, who is. Benil Dariush, and I think more people now recognize like how good a grappler Benil Dariush is, but for, for Chiesa to just sort of dummy him like he did was nuts. And like that's that's just a huge feather in the cap. And against a guy like Kevin Holland, who, you know, says he's worked on his defensive wrestling and is still just out here giving up takedowns, like that's just still sort of what happens when he's fighting. I mean, Hamzat ran right on over him like it was nothing. Hell, Tim Means scored, <laughs> scored takedowns on this man. So uh, I think Kiesa can do it. Yes, the long layoff certainly gives me a bit of pause, but uh, I'm choosing to believe that this stylistic matchup is is simply good enough for Kiesa here, and he'll uh, he'll come back back strong off this almost two-year layoff. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad bet, man. Thought about it, like I said, thought about it, but never got around to it. Uh, don't, mind that. don't mind that as a dog play. Let's keep it rolling on to the prelims welterweight bout. Officer Trevin Giles taking on Gabriel Bonfim, uh, the other Bonfim brother, getting back at it after Ishmael suffered a defeat just a few weeks ago right now. Gabriel minus 320, Trevin Giles plus 265. Um, I'm using fight doesn't go as a parlay piece. I think Bonfim has it covered here. 14 wins, 14 finishes. Trevin Giles finished in all four of his losses. Think Bonfim is is going to come in here, whether it's knockout, whether it's submission. I I think he is going to to win by finish. I also have Bonfim as a parlay piece. That's that's from my uh, a little multi week parlay that started last week. He's finishing it. Hopefully, uh, 
he's the last leg. But yeah, I think Bob Feen comes in here and finishes Trevor Giles. I uh, I flirted briefly with Bonfim by submission, but it's only like plus one ten. Uh, but you look at his resume; I mean, just the man has uh, at like a 10, 10, 11 wins by sub. Uh, as you noted, when Giles loses, he gets finished. I think the doesn't go is a is a good solid parlay piece. But I actually don't have any parlays this week. I am sans, sans parlay this week. So as Whoa. I was doing it, I just I mostly just bet a bunch of underdogs this week. I just have a ton Love of it. underdog action this week. Love so it. I don't have any parlay pieces. So. Love it. Let's keep it. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Let's keep it rolling then. Uh, now that we're on the prelims, I mean, we're almost already at an hour. So uh, let's get moving. Heavyweight bout. Derek Lewis taking on Marcos Rogerio Dalima. Uh, right now, you can have Dalima. Line is getting steamed to oblivion for minus 215. Derek Lewis plus 185. Uh, how do you feel about the heavyweight over in this one? Uh, money has been coming in on the over. People have starting to hear about it because I got this at plus 180. It's already dropped to plus 160 on DraftKings. Let's go. So, you know, get a little bit of juice there, which is nice. Uh, look, this is going to be sweaty because Derek Lewis has not historically been super kind to heavyweight overs. He's not, a, he's not an over. He's not a Tommy Aspinall who is an enemy of the heavyweight over state. Yeah, he, he goes longer than I feel like people give him credit for. He does, but he also, uh, and particularly lately, has not been hitting this over one and a half number. Uh, I mean, Cyril Gaon was the last one, and it, before that, it was a long time. He has not gone long lately, uh, and similarly, Marcos Rogério de Lima is uh, is is pretty tough, <laughs> P- pretty tough for the heavyweight over contingent, um, certainly. But again. He has a couple. Most recently, he cashed a heavyweight over in the Waldo Cortez Acosta fight, which I felt great about. Um, so he he has that in his game. To me, there's going to be uh, that's what makes it the most electric bet. That first round is going to be potentially devastating. But a couple of factors in play here. One, last time we we're in Utah, seven of twelve fights went to a decision. The main event went to the fifth round. A lot of overs happen at high elevation particularly on the prelims and lower cards. Guys aren't out there prepared. Uh, Everybody gets real tired. I think that that gives us an elevated, pun intended, opportunity for this fight. Thank you. For this fight to be a heavyweighty, heavyweight fight where they just get real gassed and start, you know, lumbering very early in. The other one, the other kind of big thing for me in the heavyweight over is RDL is is actually super tough. Um, he's only been knocked out once in his career. That was, was a, a long time ago, like a decade ago. Yes, Derek Lewis is Derek Lewis. He can he put the lunch boxes on anybody, and Anyone. it won't can't shock you. But uh, RDL has largely not been beaten that way. He's getting he's getting taken down. He's getting subbed. By the same token, RDL, uh, you know, can maybe score takedowns. Use some use some BJJ, but Derek Lewis. He's got that backyard barbecue BJJ. He just stands up out of trouble. So yeah. I think there's a world here, um, and maybe even a maybe even the most likely outcome is that first round is a bit back and forth. Neither man can get their hand raised, and then they're too tired to do anything. So feel okay about the heavyweight over. And I'm also I decided why not overexpose myself, Connor? Why not uh-huh. just put a lot of action down? Why not? Uh, I added two more bets on top of it. One. Wow. Uh, I'm taking Derek Lewis at the underdog odds. Okay. Uh, um, 
similar to the the tiering that I mentioned at the top of the thing. Marcos Rogerio de Lima is has always been in my head a lower tier heavyweight than Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis on a tough run lately, you know, lost three and they've been tough. He also lost to Sergey Spivak, who is ascending, Sergey Pavlovich, who is maybe the best heavyweight in the world, and Tai Tuivasa, your guy, who he was winning the fight until he was till he lost the fight. I think that those are kind of explicable. The last, the last guy who is clearly on a lower tier than him that he fought, Chris Dawkins, he obliterated in on in one round. And so I think that RDL is, is on a separate tier. I'm getting a plus 185 number on Lewis and taking it. And because I'm a D-Gen. I couldn't talk myself out of it. I'm going to bring back round three Derek Lewis. There was a period of time where round three Derek Lewis was a guy. Uh, I haven't made the bet because the bet is not available anywhere to me, but round three KO Derek Lewis. I'm just just a little, you know, a tenth of a unit, just a sprinkle to feel alive. Because like I said, I think think we're going to get the over here. And as they both get really tired, round mythical round three Derek Lewis will will return to Salt Lake City. Round three Derek Lewis plus three thousand is what I'm looking at right here. I love that. Love that number. I'm just a little <laughs> sprinkle, not a big number. Round three Derek Lewis plus three thousand. Love that. Is that I'm, just round three or is that KO? This is round three, K, uh, Derek Lewis. Mm, what's KO? Uh, this book that I'm looking at does not have a bet mm. three six five. Well, uh, we're going. I mean, it's not like he's going to sub RDL, so I doubt the number is going to be very different. I'm going to get you a price right now on that uh, round three. Derek Lewis KO. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I I'm on the under two and a half as a parlay piece. Uh, I really just think Rogério de Lima is just going to kind of bring the fight to Derek Lewis and and with the leg kicks potentially go for takedowns. You mentioned he's tough. He can also crack. Uh, and I just think, sure it's can. Gonna, I think it's just going to get to a point where where they're swinging and banging and, and someone is going to go down. Uh, Derek Lewis, well, this different book has Derek Lewis round 3 KO at plus 2200, so you'd be better off taking yeah, the, well the take just the round one. 3 plus 3000. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I just feel like this is, like is going to end early, and I feel like it's going to be Marcos Rogerio de Lima. Maybe Derek Lewis still has something in him. I mean, you mentioned it. The guys that he's losing to are are elite at the at the heavyweight division, and Marcus Rogério de Lima maybe not be be in that category. The other thing is Rogério de Lima. If you put Derek Lewis against Waldo Cortez Acosta and Andre Olovsky, I would also like his chances to win those fights. Stark starching them no doubt yeah, uh, as opposed to going to decision with wca and I submitting all also not gonna and i'm not gonna lie i'm on marcos roger the lima this is another line i mean this happens with pay-per-view that has been steamed to the heavens i mean it opened at even odds minus 110 each way even odds uh, feels correct honestly yeah like i i've i felt pretty good about the lima at that point but now at this current line, man, I mean, there's some books minus two fifty, minus two fifty against Derek Lewis. Yeah, that's that's ins- that's and that's Derek why I'm, that's why I'm on Derek Lewis. 210? That's why I'm on. Derek I like Lewis. almost want to just like bet Derek Lewis just to get the buyback, but uh, no, I'll I'll stick with with RDL. Yeah, I mean, can lock in a win with a Derek. Yeah, I Lewis could lock bet. in a win, but that feels that feels cheap just because I like uh, you know I give out the picks and everything, and it's just like uh, it's just like oh, bird in the hand. Fernando in the bush, as they say. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm on, I'm on Marcos, but it's just like if he ends up getting flatlined, I'm gonna be like, well, 
That's what you get from betting against Derek Lewis. Lewis. <laughs> that's, that's the thing that can happen with Derek Lewis. Uh, all right, let's keep it rolling. Middleweight bout, Roman Kopilov taking on Claudio Raverio. Uh, right now, Kopilov, pretty big favorite. Uh, kind of surprising how big. Minus 225. Ribeiro coming back plus 190. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not on any side here, uh, but I am on fight doesn't go to a decision. We're almost done. I, ha- I have a nickname for this. It's kind of the middle of the card. I'm going to call it the Violence Valley. That's that's what I'm going with here. Okay. I'm on a, I'm on a lot of unders. I think this is when the uh, fight that should have been stopped 26 times, but ends up going to the scorecards is going to happen, and I'm pulling my hair out. And I'm I just think like, that's going to be the heavyweight fight. <laughs> it's really going to be, be right. You could they be right. are both going to be really close to finishing, and then it's going to really heavyweight yeah, down the could. stretch. It could. I love how we're on like exact opposite ends of that fight. Like you're going <laughs> long, Derek Lewis, and I'm going short, Marcos Ruggiero de Lima. Uh, we'll probably one of split us. the middle in the worst yeah. way possible. <laughs> yeah, uh, clash your heads, no contest in round yeah. two. Uh, sign yeah, me up so, for that. Exactly. Uh, but I am on fight doesn't go to a decision. Ribeiro is wild, dude. He comes in and just chucks him and. Kapilov is tough, so I think if like if Ribeiro can't get out of get him out of there early, I think Kapilov will wear on him and eventually get the fight finished. They have 26 professional fights between them. 23 of them have not gone to a decision. Kapilov isn't really the one hitter quitter finisher. He's more of the wear on you, get you to the ground, submit you, or or TKO you. Uh, but I think it's Ribeiro early or Kapilov as the fight goes on. I, I think someone's going to get finished there. I got this is uh I think this is the first fight I have no action on. Oh no, Gabriel Bonfim, I didn't have any. But yeah, no action, no no real thoughts on it. Sweet, because that means we can just keep right on rolling to a welterweight bout. Jake Matthews taking on UFC debutante Darius Flowers on very short notice, about ten days notice for uh, Darius Flowers. Right now, you can have Jake Matthews, who at one point we thought was the next Muhammad Ali, minus uh, two forty. Flowers coming back plus 200, enamored after that Andre Fialo uh, fight. He hooked, me. he hooked me. Hook, line, and sink. They're right into a loss to Matthew Semmelsberger. Um, Who's now I'm, lower on the card. Than- <laughs> which is crazy. I am on the under here. This is this is my last violence bet. Uh, like I said, the violence valley, you just got to just gotta kind of know. Real ones know violence valley in, in Salt Lake City, Utah. Uh Listen, man, this is uh, this is an interesting fight. Jake Matthews, don't really know which Jake Matthews we're going to get. If we get if we get the rolling, flowing Jake Matthews, this is going to be a bad night for Darius Flowers. Darius Flowers is also 10 days notice, UFC debutante, and this dude is the definition of kill or be killed. F- started his 18-fight career, three straight decisions. This guy looked like a decision maker from the jump. Since then, one decision across 15 fights, including 10 first-round stoppages. A few of those he's lost. By the way, don't know if you knew this, Darius Flowers, also a boxer. One in 10 as a boxer. Knocked out. But he's got that experience. Knocked out seven times. The man is kill or be killed. He comes in here to either finish the fight or get finished. I think he's, especially on this short notice, I think he's going to come in. He's going to go wild for the finish. And if he doesn't get it, he's going to gas bad. And Jake Matthews is going to be able to finish him. Jake Matthews is equipped on the ground. He can get submissions and Darius Flowers. The the way he loses fights is by getting submitted. So Darius Flowers very early 
or Jake Matthews late first round, early second round. I I see this one ending early. Got the under two and a half. Biggest play on the card for me, actually. Biggest play on the card for you? Yeah, under two and a half. I I really, I mean, dude, I I think it's Darius Flowers coming in here, going wild for a finish, or or Jake Matthews finishing him shortly after. Well, um, I mean, I I agree in uh and with half of that. I actually think this is a buy low moment for Jake Matthews. Um, I, I do think that we're going to get the finish. I've got Matthews inside the distance, minus 115. Um, I just, I think that, like I said, I think it's a buy low moment. We've got a very short notice replacement, a guy who is susceptible to getting finished. Yes, Jake Matthews, um, look, he hooked me. Not, he hooked me. But Matthew Simmelsberger is, I just think, a better fighter uh, than than what I've seen from Darius Flowers. And I think that there's just a lot of people who are coming into this with the with the same reactions of, oh, I bet Matthews and got burned. Now I don't know if I can trust him. I feel like we can trust him in this spot. Will I be looking like an asshole come come Sunday? Maybe. But I think we're getting a, a better price on him than we probably should be given the circumstances. So at inside the distance of almost even money, I took it. I don't I don't I don't blame you one bit. Uh Darius Flowers actually, according to Boxrex, suspended by the Nevada Athletic Commission indefinitely for boxing bouts. It almost looks like he's throwing these things. Dude. Five straight losses by knockout. I mean, got to pay the bills somehow. Against debuting fighters, too. Mm. Do we think that that feel, that does that sound like a, a man with, with possible throwing of fights? Do we want him in the UFC? That seems uh, like also, an interesting choice. To get a little uh, a little deeper on on Darius Flowers talking about throwing fights, he was scheduled to fight the legendary Jay Ellis back in 2019, but the bout never came to fruition. Oh, what an opportunity that could have been for all of us. And he was going to get Jay Ellis when he was a ripe 15 and 88, not his 16 and 108 now. Prime Jay Ellis at that point. Prime, prime Jay Ellis. Uh, he was back in the cage in uh, in March. Good stuff. Got choked out in 38 seconds. Shout out, legend. <laughs> Shout out to the legend. Legend Jay Ellis. Uh, real ones know. Like that's actually like if if you come up to me and you tell me you know Jay Ellis, we're friends at that point. That's we're right. friends. We should get uh, shirts, the legend Jay Ellis shirts for for or, ABB. Or, we should just get like the like 90s retro design, like sick, like hype up the fighter shirt, but it's Jay Ellis. Yes. I'm I wonder so if we can even this. find high definition enough pictures of JLS. No, you don't want the high def. Yes. We need like NBA jam, but with yes. all of the metrics is just zero. Yeah. <laughs> or it's a shirt and it's like a concert tour shirt. And on oh, the back, a it's, concert tour shirt for JLS is spectacular. But it's every one of his fights. And so the print is like four point font because he has 124 professional fights oh, what a and fantastic he, idea and he lost 108 of them but still still people don't forget gerald early Mearshart. in his career at gerald mearshart when that guy goes to bars every time you, gerald mearshart fights like last time he fought uh joe pfeiffer joe pfeiffer finished him in the first round jail this was somewhere like i know that feeling i know i, know I understand me, me and Joe Pfeiffer cut from the same cloth. Uh, all right, let's keep it moving. Just a couple more fights to get into. Flyweight bout, CJ Vergara, Venetia Salvador. Uh, I have nothing on this fight. Don't try and talk me into an under because I am the crux of flyweight unders now. 
Yeah, float unders. I'm glad we abandoned them because if, this one scares me any, anyway. So if I if I take them, they lose. If I if I don't, they win. It's 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 just a bad. So thing. bet it. We won't be betting it, but you should bet it because yeah, since we're go. not there betting go. it, it's going to win. Honestly, yeah. Someone was like, "Can you stop betting them so they'll start going under again?" And I was like, "Wow, how the mighty have fallen." I I, I am the man that birthed this. I am the father of flyweight unders. I am the founder they, of it. And they've turned on you. And now I'm the jinx for it. Like get get a life. Get out of here, man. Uh, let's keep it rolling though. Welterweight bout. Matthew Simmelsberger taking on Uros Medish on uh, short notice. Short notice for Uros here. Uh, should be a decent fight right now. Simmelsberger, another fight getting steamed heavy. A lot of people seem to be on Simmelsberger. Uh, 205 Medish coming back plus 175. Um, I am on Simmelsberger, but not his money line. I took his KO prop plus 225. Uh, I just think this fight is going to be super hectic. Uros in his career, never been past eight minutes. He's fighting at elevation on 10 days notice up a weight class. Um, probably the more technical striker, but don't love his chances here with with everything going on surrounding it. Um, I think they're going to come in here and throw Medish. I mean, when we, we've seen Semmelsberger struggle when people go for takedowns. Medish is not that guy. He is, he is not going to do that. Uh, I think they're going to come in here and throw. And if you look at Semmelsberger's recent fight, six knockdowns in his last three fights. The dude knocks people down. Has two knockouts as well. Nine knockdowns in his eight-fight career. I think he is very live for a knockdown here. Uh, I think it's going to be a crazy fight, and I, I think Selmsberger can get his hand raised via knockout. I am so, so happy that you're on Selmsberger because this is my last bet of the card. Oh, yeah. And I, I it makes it better that you're on Selmsberger because you clearly just aren't factoring in the most important factor because I'm on Oros Medich. And what you what you failed to take into account. And oh, I can't please. believe you failed to take it into account. Tell me. It's Shark Week. <laughs> yes, he's not fighting Alex Morono the Great yeah. White as he did previously. But he still has to come into Shark Week knowing what happened to him. He is carrying no. the damage of Shark Week. You think when no. you get attacked by a Great White, you go back out into the ocean, you're like, everything's okay? No. He Simmelsberger is going to be haunted by the memory of the great white. No. And it's going to give Oros Medici exactly the, the boost this is he ridiculous. needs. It may be ridiculous, but this I sure ridiculous. bet it. This is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, like the find of all finds last year was Alex Murano fighting on Shark Week. It was and, an unbelievable and, choice from you. Absolutely now unbelievable. We're, now we're going to say Simmelsberger is is haunted. I think he's been sitting in his hotel room watching Discovery Channel the entire week and being like it's get back time. It's get back time. I don't. I think. I think he's going to have flashbacks to the last Shark Week and and what went wrong for him. Eros Medich is coming in here. I also think that they're like very evenly matched fighters in general. I do think Medich is the better technical striker. The short notice gives me some pause, but uh, you're getting a big price for two guys who I think are about the same tier level of of fighter. So I also I, that that's primarily the reason, but. The, the memories of Shark Week. They never leave us, Connor. I actually, it's funny that you say that. We we have, that that was your last bet. Final bet. I don't have I have nothing on Miranda Maverick, Priscilla Cachoeira. Maverick should bounce back, but Cachoeira is like, a, she's an enigma. I, I don't know. She could knock her out. Who really knows? What I Ma- did want to... Maverick's too difficult to be like, definitely going to go to decision because like half the time she doesn't. So it's, yeah. yeah too I'm, many variables in that yeah. fight. I'll just, I'll just chill. Uh, anything on Bellator Horizon? 
Uh, I do not have anything on Bellator Horizon. I'll also, one, we just got a surprise fight that just got added to that. And two, we've lost like... The, I was going to say, we, we didn't get a surprise fight added. We lost AJ McKee. We also did get a surprise fight added. Patricio, oh. Patricio Pitbull is now fighting. Oh, oh, great. Um, I forget who I can I can pull it up, but yeah. Yeah, I forgot uh, AJ's fighting Patricky. Yeah, AJ, exactly. AJ's fighting Patricky and Patricio's fighting somebody, and I will find this in just a moment. So what I wanted to throw out to you, uh, I know this is an MMA podcast, but pretty big boxing bout going down this weekend. A little bit. A little bit of a boxing bout. Also Earl had Spence. a pretty big boxing bout happen just yesterday. Oh God! Don't get me started. Like I, I could write, I could, I could oh, wax stop. poetic on on in a way for for hours. I mean, that was, oh, that was such a beautiful performance. Like I, I had in a way minus two fifty. I went pretty heavy on him. Never, ever, never in doubt. doubt. It was. I was sipping my morning coffee. I was like, well. Those winnings will be hitting my account uh, whenever this old thing wraps up. Cause, like, I mean, it took like round three. I was like, this is a winner. Yeah, like, this over. was the easiest bet I ever took. Um, Earl Spence Jr. taking on Terrence Crawford. Now, I know technically Earl Spence Jr.'s nickname is the truth. Uh, I think that's what a lot of people call him. Another thing he goes by rocking a shirt this week. Big fish. And then he lifts up his shirt, gets a little bit more into it. He's warning of a shark attack on Terrence Crawford mm -hmm. this weekend. He is actually tattooed with a giant shark all over his like belly button navel area. Now, when it comes to the fight itself, it's very similar to the main event at UFC 291. If you tell me you have any confidence on uh, either guy in this boxing match, I'm I'm really just going to say that you're biased at that point. I mean, these dudes are the cream of the crop. They are the best of the best. Like, as soon as I started convincing myself one way, I was convincing myself the other way. Uh, so why not leave it up to fate? Why not leave it up to the signs that are being put right in front of me on this, as you mentioned, Shark Week? Big Fish, Earl Spence, tatted to the gills. Wow. Look, at we are just full of them today. We're nailing the puns this week. Feels like a sign to me. Feels like a sign. Just as the great white came down from the heavens in Alex Morono, plus money Alex Morono, we now are handed plus money Earl Spence. I'm just saying, I've been watching the Discovery Channel. Sharks are pretty vicious. They're pretty vicious creatures. I'm just saying. Just saying. Uh, I love this because it means we get to book in this episode expertly. You're taking this man. I'm going to be taking Bud Crawford because I like Bud. For the exact same reasons you took DP. Right. Can't argue that. I just I love that. Bud. I, I love Bud. I love watching Bud fight. I don't feel the same way about Errol Spence. He's an amazing fighter. Not here to say anything different. He absolutely can win. This fight is, I mean, electric day of combat on Saturday. We got this. We got Poirier Gaethje. Like, what more could you ask for in the world of combat sports? But I've just always liked Bud Crawford, and that's that's how we're gonna rock it. So, I'm I'm on him, and we have a we have symmetry from the start to the finish of this episode. I mean, this man has he's selling shirts that say "Strap Season" uh, 
swim at your own risk. Um, I mean, it, I, I'm not going to lie. I don't know the complete tie of the shark thing, but like, uh, big fish, big fish right. But like, what is a shark other than a big fish? <laughs> yeah, I guess technically. And then, just uh, a big fish. And then, uh, you know, Terrence Crawford posted a, a photo, like a, an illustration of him as Aquaman stabbing a, a shark with a trident. This feels very reminiscent from Omaha. I don't feel like you can be Aquaman from Omaha. This feels very reminiscent the last year. You were on Semi the Jetty against our guy, against Alex Morono, and now here we go again. I'm just trying to show you the signs. We'll see. The signs. You know, there. we'll we'll see how it goes. If so, the next next year's Shark Week, we will uh we'll find more signs and I'll the big fish, it's lobbed up right to us. It's, like, it's Shark Week. The guy's fighting on Shark Week. He's got he's got shark tattoos all over him. He's warning of a shark attack. The powers Earl Spence should be a minus five hundred at that point. I mean, come on. No, it should be a fantastic fight. I'm not kidding. Awesome. I'm not kidding if you say you're confident in either direction. I, I will call bias because it is going to be such a close, sick fight. Can't wait for it. Going to be a fun one. That is that. 291, Salt Lake City, Spencer, Croft, Spence, Crawford. Great fight. Next week. That's it. Next week is... UFC Nashville. We keep right on rolling. I mean, what are we going to end up doing? Like 14 straight weeks? Yeah, it's something like that. I might go to Nashville. I haven't decided yet. Oh, sick. Probably not going. Easy trip up. It is easy, but there's so much. Next week's Diaz-Paul, so there's just so much other stuff going on. Probably next not. Week is, next week is Diaz-Paul. So we started June 3rd. Now we're going one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, I think it's eight. 12 weeks. Oh, my gosh. And then 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 straight weeks. It's the, the summer run, baby. Just cruising our way into September. Yep, here we are just doing an NFL season worth of UFC breakdowns. You know, we, we love to do it. We love you all. And that's it, baby. Let's Hell yeah, if you, if you made it this far, we, we really do love you. So September 23rd is likely going to be the, the first week off. That'll be electric. I don't know who UG is playing that week. We should, but, we should go to the game. Yeah, that's a smart move. I'm going to go off to Pluto on MMA for sure that weekend. I'm very much looking forward to it. I'm going to act like it doesn't even exist. But until then, we will be back next week with UFC Nashville. New main event, Corey Sandhagen, Rob Font. Can't wait. See you then. Love y'all. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.